In this week's episode, we have David Shelton, acclaimed powerlifter and gym owner. We hash it up, talk about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm Abe. Um, Josh. And I'm Anas. This is Chalk My Back. Until your cock, you know, like stuff like that. That's the new. That's the new intro. And us, you didn't listen to it. You didn't listen to last week's episode. What kind of sponsors are you trying to get us, dude? Adam and Eve. Ah, okay, okay. David Shelton. Yes, sir. Let's all give it a round of applause for David Shelton for being on the podcast this week. We're not going to. Uh, just sit here and ask you questions. We're just going to have a general conversation because what people may not know is that uh, all four of us have been friends uh, for quite some time now. I think um, I don't know the story of how y'all met, but I met David at Metroflex Fort Worth, kind of where all the magic happened. No, yeah, that that's how I met Josh. So, so literally, like, I think I met Anas first. Like, I went to Metro trying to you know, seek some advice. I think it was like 2015, 2016 or something like that. And I was training and not really quite getting too, too far much into anywhere with my training. And I was like, man, I want to compete. I want to do all these things. And, you know, basically went to Metro thinking that 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 was the place to find somebody that was, you know, competing because back then it wasn't just like a competition scene. There weren't like everybody competes and like everybody has coaches and everybody it was it's kind of like more nuanced like not not as many people like not as much information going around either so you know yeah. i go there and uh yeah i didn't run into chance mitchell who was uh who i was looking for but uh, you ran into me ran in, no i ran into nas first oh you ran into nas yeah 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 oh, dude, I, dude i literally still remember like i was like walking in and i was like there was this dude in a beanie like yeah, like like a black or a gray beanie. The beanie. Yeah. Oh, it was like, summer too. Huh? You still wear that beanie? It was like yeah, it was really weird actually. <laughs> like, you don't know, like my beanies? Nah, I, would, I mean, I just remember it like it's just it was iconic. I, uh, the blue beanie, right? Yeah, and and no, like I remember like literally. Like he, like he was the only one using like uh, one of the better bars because I kept on looking for better bars, and then like he was doing like close grip, and I remember it was like two forty two. It was like a red and a blue. I remember mm. it like. Still. Are you sure it wasn't one eighty five? Yeah, no. Hold on. <laughs> oh, I don't think whoa. they had kilos back then. I was gonna say. Last no, oh, but did they? The, I forgot. I forgot. No, their 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 plates were were colorized because of the oxidation. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah. what he meant. Well, remember, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember David walking in, and like it was it was some kind of holiday, and Metroflex yeah. was closing early. Like mm-hmm. I was looking at David, like he's taking his sweet time warming up, and I'm like, bro, like you know, like they're gonna close in like twenty minutes. <laughs> like by the time he starts squatting, by the time he starts squatting, they just like they just close. I'm like, damn, like. <laughs> this guy's cool. Yeah, I bad. Closing. Yeah, I remember that they they closed like early or something like that, and I thought I don't know why I thought that they would be open like later since they were like, you know, I thought in my head I was like, man, serious gyms don't close. Like you can be here forever mm-hmm. and just because everyone's gonna be here. And uh, no, I remember the, like closing early and just I remember just squatting. I 
think I did like 405 or something like for three or a few sets of three and it was hard. And that's, that's whenever 405 was like, like 405, like you're squatting four yeah, plates. Like yeah. that's, that's, that was a big deal. Yeah. Back in the day. A big deal, yeah. Now it's like a prerequisite to even getting a gym uh, membership is you got to squat over four. Squatting four or five. Yeah. But we talk about that too. Sometimes like, man, it almost feels like you don't realize that you're in the good old days until you look back on them. But like, that was like, for me anyways, that was like the, the golden age of my, of the powerlifting scene for me. Cause it was like information was kind of spread around, but you still had to kind of go and find it. Like you said, David. And then, like, you had you just hang out with your bros and just kind of, like, no one's doing crazy high numbers. Y'all are just kind of, like, still within a still, like, competitive range with each other. But now people are yeah. just, like, genetically gifted. It was just a bit more simple. Like, there wasn't, like, a ton of IG people, like, just, like, doing everything and, like, making things too difficult. I don't know how to explain it. I say too difficult. It's just, you just see too many people it. doing too many things and, like, becomes a hyperactive like because now whenever i go into the gym like like me and abe were talking about you know before we started recording this whole this whole thing has turned into like a this person does this so i need to do that and you know it's it mm-hmm. turns into Every, a whole different you know like a herd mentality yeah back then like, it was either like conjugate or not conjugate <laughs> <laughs> or you remember that or like candido yeah candido or conjugate that's, <laughs> that's it like it. it wasn't there was nothing in between there was like there were different camps of, of lifters. Like, you know, you could always tell who was running conjugate and they could always tell who wasn't running conjugate. And there would always be like that, you know, acknowledgement from across the gym. But, you know, the memes were, were always pretty funny because you see chains and you see bands and you're just like, oh, conjugate, huh? Monolift? Oh, conjugate, yeah? Conjugate, that's it. <laughs> beanie. Oh, uh, that guy's got a beanie. I, I would normally say conjugate, but he's a little skinny, so I don't know. Oh, oh that's pretty skinny. Spider chalk. Oh, oh man, that's going to be big. That's going to be big. I'm going to cut this out because no one needs to know about Shout that yet. Anyway. new sponsor, Spider chalk. Shout out to... Well, let's let's get the box first. Let's get the box first, guys. Man, so, I remember first getting the spider chalk because there was a guy that gave me a block back then. It was heavier than normal like the block itself <laughs> it was, was like heavy and i was like what i was like what is like why is it heavier but of course i didn't know any better i didn't really know what i was doing but just mm-hmm. just be prepared when you get that block it's gonna feel kind of heavy <laughs> it's gonna feel like the box is gonna come freight it's gonna feel like your yeah. concrete <laughs> what the heck you know what back back to back to how we met um the first time that we all hung out was when we went to In and Out. I remember it was it was me, David, Gabby, Anas, Josh, um, man, the uh, picture, Calvin, 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 and oh, Jake. Jake. You're talking Jake. about Jake and Betty, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And so like we were all in, and Ruth too, obviously. And then like yeah, Jeremy was there. I still have that picture. Me too. The high chair Hell picture. Yeah. The, the, the high chair picture. <laughs> Just, the high chair just picture? know the high chair picture. That's the meme. Yeah. Just I just remember uh, somebody spilled their shake. I don't I was, know who it was. I, I was gonna say my only memory of that, <laughs> like of of going in and out, is dropping my shake. I remember we were gonna leave, <laughs> yeah. and then Nas drops his shake, and then we're just like, "Oh my god!" That's when we became friends because I was like, "I'm gonna help you clean this up, dog." Because D- didn't you? Or did we just leave? No, it? that was the night you ordered the protein burger, and it was oh, disgusting. And we were all like, "What the? What is that abomination you ordered?" Look, 
I was like, let me just try this protein burger. If the protein style burger, you wanted to, where, like, you wanted, they yeah. take the bread out and they put the lettuce. You wanted to flex and be like, oh, I'm, I'm bigger than all y'all. I'm a protein burger. <laughs> He's healthy. Yeah. It's, it was so trash because the juice from the burger didn't get soaked up by anything. It just literally dripped down. <laughs> yeah. It's nasty, dude. I don't honestly look. Um, maybe not a hot take because we're from Texas. Prefer Whataburger over In and Out. Just gonna say it. That's that's how I that's how I feel. Burgers are good at In and Out. Fries are trash. Fries are absolute garbage. Well, you never get you never get fries from there. Yeah. Okay. So why am I gonna go? Yeah. For a burger. <laughs> Definitely Whataburger. Too much variety. It's open twenty four hours. Like. Get out of here. Got yeah. everything. Don't need to go to In and Out. I don't need to go to In and Out. But Waterburger, if somebody was like, you have to go to a place like, you know, three to four times a week, it, it would be Waterburger over In and Out. Because mm-hmm. In and Out just gets like so repetitive so fast. And like, they don't even, okay, you have a secret menu, but like everybody knows what your secret menu is. So it's not a secret. <laughs> That's just a menu. But they're just trying to save money by not putting it on the board. Yeah. I mean, Whataburger is essentially a secret menu, if you think about it. Like, literally, you can make the sandwich exactly how you want. They have, like, 20 different sauces. Like, they'll just do it exactly how you want it. So Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, unrelated, no, this podcast is brought to you by Whataburger. <laughs> oh, man. Big reach now. <laughs> Hold on, we're, we're dropping one. Arby's? One. Arby's, no, Arby's is, Arby's is still a go. We have different segments of the podcast. <laughs> can't be the last time I went to Arby's, I got a legitimate stomach ache. You got, you got. David, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you out of the podcast. <laughs> Don't you dare <laughs> talk about our Lord and Savior Arby's that way. <laughs> that, I always get the roast beef sandwich. You know, the last time I went, that was... One of the last roast beef sandwiches I ever plan on having. <laughs> okay, look. I, okay, so I, I, on that oh. note, I reached out to Arby's. He actually did. And I want to. And I want re- to. I want to read. No, I want to read to you re- what I wrote. You reached out. Okay, when I saw that you reached out to a rogue too, I was like, "Hey, stop it! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Don't share my secrets." I reach out to the, the cojones the on this man. What a mad lad. You, you might as well have just emailed Oliko and been like, hey, <laughs> give me equipment right now. Hey, listen to this podcast about my friend's, my friend's most perfect barn. He's dying. <laughs> His last wish is to have a barn full of Oliko equipment. His name is Larry. Uh, so let me read to you what I wrote to Arby's. I go for it. Okay. I DM them on Instagram, so I'm sure they'll respond any minute now. But I said that we have a podcast called Chalk My Back, where we discuss weekly educational and fitness-related topics. We'd love to promote your products since we always mention how Arby's is obviously the best fast food option given its high-protein menu options. Oh, my God. Am I wrong? <laughs> they literally yeah, will give you a macros, mound of meat. But... Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you're, you, you got it, Abe. You got it. You got it. Yeah, bro. That's good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's it. But hey, but you know what? Uh you know Jason Mike, right? Jason Mike, yeah. He yeah. uh what's it? At, at, he's at Athletic. Mr. Athletic over everything. Yeah. That's what it is. Mr. Athletic over everything. So actually He'll jump on a trampoline and then deadlift seven hundred after. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pull up on a small little tricycle and then pull seven hundred. <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, yeah, that guy. The, the fight, like, uh, I remember we went, whenever we went to the Arnold 2019, like, he was in the, in the same Airbnb, and he was talking about how he, like, gets sponsorships. Like, he legit does the exact thing Abe does. Like, he just goes, or, like, he goes and, like, starts DMing, like, companies, like, hey, I'm this, 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 and that. I do this. I'm athletic over everything. I like I dunk and bench seven thousand pounds. Like, would yes. you would you like to sponsor me? Like, or something like that. Yeah. Like he. Yeah. Like he was talking. Was he, like, yeah. He did good with it too. Like he he was very confident in kind of how he went about it. Um, and I, I mean, I understand where he's coming from because it's almost like, in order to get a sponsorship or to get anything out of it, you almost have to like chase them down. Their chance of mm-hmm. finding you is not as high um whereas if you go to them like you imagine being a company and then they see somebody that wants to support your thing they're gonna look at your stuff a little bit harder and be like man maybe maybe he could help boost our business you know and stuff like that but he has like you know uh, a ton of equipment in his garage based on a lot of that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, look, it worked for us too because we we re- we sent our feelers out to a lot of different companies. We did get a response from Spider Chuck. May not result in a relationship as far as like sponsorship is concerned, but they were so nice, dude. They were just so willing to listen to the podcast. They said it, it was it sounded funny, it was great, and they may you know it may result in product being sent to us, which is like it's all we had to do was like reach out. And ask for a sponsorship. That's dope. Yeah. I what mean, do you they, think about what do y'all think about you. that in terms of like lifters yeah. though? Like like lifters on, on IG. Like gaining sponsorships? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I actually had a conversation with uh you know, Sean, I think, and a few other of my buddies yesterday about um I don't know if you guys saw, but Jamal Browner uh got dropped from I think he got dropped from a sponsorship, I think Animal or something like that. Um, yeah, I actually watched the video today. Yeah, it, something happened to him. Uh, it was. Did you watch Jamar's video? I mean Jamal's video because I didn't see, I didn't see that video. But um, I essentially, we essentially started talking about kind of like how sponsorship works and and how we think it should work and uh, you know, kind of like almost a mutual relationship that the two parties hold because, you know, on one end you have uh, the person that's getting sponsored, right? Say you send them a certain amount of stuff and then they're not really boosting your engagement a whole lot and they're not really doing a whole lot for your company. It's kind of like, okay, yeah, you're, you have a massive total or you have this, but you're, you don't have that wow factor. And, and the way I think Sean put it was, for example, Jamal, Jamar, I mean, Jamal doesn't have that wow factor. Like he has a big total, but he doesn't have like a personality. He doesn't have like certain things that make a good sponsor, uh, like a sponsor athlete, we would say, because he can't dunk. yeah, like yeah, he can't, he, yeah, he can't dunk. He can't freaking randomly pull up and just like, I don't know, yeah. play ping pong and then, and then. He's not and then he's, in the same sentence, like walk over to the bench press and push like 600 pounds. He's not very marketable like, out of nowhere. Can I say that I would listen to uh, an, an hour podcast of nothing but David describing things that 
uh, Jason Mike would do. Like, <laughs> well, but he's a mall. Like, he'll, he'll be like, you'll see a post of him literally like serving tennis balls and being like, yo, look, 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, man. That's, I mean, that's pretty cool. 300 pounds of force coming down on a small little racket. <laughs> I think that ball is going to go really freaking fast. Yeah, and you bench 600. I, I, like whatever that ball is going to do is going to go, you know, crazy. I like to tune in. That ball weighs like half a pound. When he, when he does his cooking stuff, like the, oh, the, heck, like yeah, his, his kitchen, whatever he calls it, his test kitchen man. or whatever, that's what I'm I'll like. Be there. All right, I'm going to tune I'll be in. there in a heartbeat. Like, oh, it's man. It's amazing. Like, I, I like, again, like, oh. I enjoy watching Jason a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But. Yeah, more so what I was saying on the side of sponsorship things is like Jason gets a lot of sponsorships because he puts himself out there and he has a platform that tackles many types of things. Like, for example, mm-hmm. if you're only powerlifting and you only have a big total, you're not really going to garner a whole lot of attention besides just in the powerlifting realm. Then after that, you're just someone to look at if you can't really add value or add a personality. So yeah. like, for example, um, one really good example, like I said, that, that Sean brought up yesterday is Joey Flex wears these dumb, uh, 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 what are those Adidas like wrestling shoes? <laughs> like just like, I think he deadlifts or squats in them. And John yeah. was saying that Joey Flex could probably sell like thousands of those shoes if he had a sponsorship with Adidas, like for those shoes. He has the charisma. He has the personality. He has like, he has that. Uh, what what we were talking about. He has that intangible where he like can the wow kind factor. Of, yeah, he can kind of like set the tone and like you know like he has a like a an intangible is, is what we call it. Like you you walk into the room and you're like, okay, we know that's Joey Flex. Like we know this this. And like, we know he has a personality, you know, but as far as marketing, as far as engagement, as far as like sticking your hand into a million things and still being good at all of them, that's kind of where you make a really good sponsorship athlete is like, if you have a lot of hands and a lot of things and you Mm -hmm. have a lot of what we call reach because Joey Flex, his reach is his, his arms are really really long as far as as far as reach goes so not, not in real life though not in real life <laughs> yeah <laughs> arms are not that long yeah, as long as we're still in the ig world like uh that yeah that's where what do you is. think what do you think the next big thing after ig like where where the do you, like because do you think that in terms of like tiktok for uh, sure well that's the thing like for lifters uh who are pursuing like uh their lives as influencers i feel like with ig i see you know obviously like david's talking about there are people who have intangible uh abilities to just become influential or maybe they're given help with the algorithm or from some other outside means but i, I mean to josh's point i do see crazy. i do see people on tiktok too now the lift lifters or like you know whoever whatever sports athletic uh people you know they uh they're starting to make tiktoks do you think that like there's going to be a, a a migration to another like streaming platform like tiktok or like i because I, I don't see instagram lasting forever i mean it's okay. been around for, I mean, for a while well i see it being around for a little while but where do you see a hey, where do you see uh where instagram Ooh. would start to kind of fail where 
like, where do you see where athletes would be like, I need more out of something? And what, you know, what would that be that IG doesn't have? What I always hear people talk about is like engagement and how they and how the Instagram algorithm sometimes block engage. It blocks engagement for lifters uh, or influencers. I'll I'll just say um, and how people who I've seen lose followers on Instagram because of the algorithm either diverting uh, traffic away from their uh, pages or maybe Instagram is. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, not showing their posts at the top of people's timelines anymore. Yeah. Uh, like they're losing followers. And I've seen people make TikToks where they're going and they're starting to post things and then they'll come back and take those TikToks and post it on Instagram Reels. Um, mm. And I'll watch them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have seen that. Um, and it's more of not that they're neglecting to show certain people's things it's that they're spotlighting specific things if you do specific things Mm -hmm, exactly and what happens is if you don't do those specific things then you don't get the spotlight because like does that make sense because the spotlight would be taken by the other people that are doing those things yeah kind of like so if we talk about cat food right now and i have my phone next to me and we we keep talking about cat food cat food cat food and maybe i go in and i and i do a Google search for cat food. I'm going to start seeing advertisements on Instagram about cat food because the algorithm thinks that that's what I want to see. So if maybe somebody has a content that matches up with that algorithm, they're going to show me that over, you know, David Shelton. I mean, I, I used to get the Arby's ads all the time on Instagram, and I you're even, welcome. I, I don't even search on anything. We just talk about it on the on the podcast, and they just keep popping up. On they my phone. they still pop up for me, <laughs> like yeah. everywhere. I'm like, no, thank you. I don't want the roast beef sandwich. I'm good. They keep pushing yeah. me their their deals. They're two for six. <laughs> but yeah, as Man, I'm, all I've been getting is like virus ads and like, you know, like virus pants ads and like <laughs> that's all you wrist wear. wrap ads. <laughs> that's all you wear is virus pants, right? Just be searching like random stuff on eBay just because obviously like I just like sniping the deals and doing things like that. Yeah. And then, and then. I go on IG and I'm like, why am I seeing the same thing over again? <laughs> like, it's, it's like it knows. They got you. Yeah, like, I don't know. Have, have you guys seen the Barbell Brigade? Like they're they're sponsoring some TikTokers and like they're making their their ads. Like, oh, yeah. like I've seen those. Like it seems like there's a shift at least with um with how like they kind of do their advertising. Like they're having so t- Barbell Brigade yeah. is extra smart at this Mm -hmm. uh they're a great example of knowing kind of where the engagement is and knowing Mm -hmm. how to catch the engagement because i don't know if you guys have been to barbell brigade but the gym is barely bigger than pod yeah i heard it was was a piece of crap to be honest and then you go well you go in (laughs) and it's like it's in this neighborhood that's like a little bit sketch and you're like wait this is barbell brigade and you know of course it, it looks like it does in the videos but it's just not as big and you're just like wait a minute like how did they make it look so good and why are they all over the place and how are they it almost just makes you think like a little bit about what they're doing and it's like they know how to catch engagement they know how to keep engagement mm-hmm. and they know they know how the algo simply like works. They know how to take advantage of 
you know, the tools. So obviously TikTok right now is the thing to like, for example, if you're trying to get a lot of engagement and a lot of followers, both IG and TikTok have been going in that direction. So like literally you would have to start making a ton of TikToks and then you'd have to start throwing a lot of content into those reels and then, you know, putting the song, putting the music in like that, that boosts engagement. Like there's, there's all these things that you just have to do. And then you have to post it at a certain time. Like there's all sorts of random stuff that they they want you to catch on to. And it's it's kind of dumb to me. Like I wish that it would just be, I don't know what it is instead of being filtered like that. But do you think that you could, do you think that being the type of mentality of a lifter that you are and type of mentality of a, of an IG user that you are, do you think that you're at a disadvantage when it comes to that then? Well, the thing is, it's clear that obviously it's the way I do things is not going to yield as many followers, but at the same time, it's not a disadvantage because I'm not, if that makes sense, I'm not really trying to actually become IG famous because I would have to like, for one, that would be a lot of extra work that I really don't want to do, like, obviously. Um, and then, of course, I would have to, like, for example, a lot of these people, what they'll do is they'll buy followers. I knew some powerlifters, like, even three or four years ago, they bought, like, 10,000 followers just to appear that they were more famous. i about that. You know, is that real? It boosted, but it boosted their engagement up like crazy because whenever you look at someone's profile – you're like, oh, that person has 15K followers. I'll follow them. So what it does is it it, create, it creates the image to somebody that that person is famous, so you're more likely to follow them. And that's Josh, actually that the yeah, yeah. concept let, behind let buying followers. Yeah, yeah. We're taking notes. We're taking um, notes. Yeah, we're taking notes, David, because we need to get some. We're going to buy – how so 10,000 – Josh, put us down for like uh, – buy, buy like 17 Which, which, you which website do you go to half to buy, a million? buy followers? All right. Say no more, fam. Hold on, where do you buy followers from? Yeah, let me. Who knows? <laughs> no, I don't, I've heard about that though. Like, is that like? I always wonder. I'm like, where do people go? Like, how do you know where to go to buy followers? It's on like the, like, the black market. Is it? No, is it really? Pay in Ethereum. Yeah. You you gotta go through an onion browser to the dark web, and you just <laughs> oh no, okay. Do you, do you yeah, actually send you? like dms on instagram it's like hey do you want a thousand followers for five dollars i'm like i don't know if that was real or yeah, i don't know like, is that is that how they well, initiated what started happening was was that there was a genuine attempt for people to get more followers so it's because what they would do is there would be people that knew how to boost engagement right and then what mm-hmm. they would do is they would use their algorithm to boost your users uh algorithm basically to get more engagement, right? So there used to be people, and there still are, there still are people that literally have like a side gig where they their job is to like market your stuff. And you pay them a certain amount and your engagement just goes through the roof because you literally have somebody making sure that it happens. Um, so what happened was in response to that, because obviously whenever something good or something comes out that somebody wants, there's always a lot of spam that comes after. So all that spam that you were getting after, more than likely not sure if that was real or fake because a lot of those are more so just used to get your username and your password just to hack your account. Because because obviously 
like, oh, hey, here, a thousand followers if you do this, 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 and this, and this. And then all of a sudden you give them your info and you're out. So I think a lot of that, like, you know, they'll mass text like a million users and you'd be surprised how many people out of a million might actually click on that. For maybe people who are listening who maybe don't know you, David, you're uh-huh. part owner of Progressive Overload in Dallas and Dallas, Texas, in case there's another Dallas. Maybe somebody's listening to this in the future. They live in like Dallas, Missouri, but Progressive <laughs> Overload in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> and um, you've, you've been part owner there for how many years now? Uh, since 2017. Uh, like we're, about, we're working on about four years now, almost. About four years. Congrats on that, yeah. by the way. Um, so, um, like, you see Barbell Brigade doing their thing, and you, you see all these other gyms, you know, kind of, doing what they do as far as marketing? Like, do you ever think to yourself, like, man, I got I to gotta get in on that? Um, well, really, uh, there's obviously a side of me that's like, yes, you could delve into this, you know, this scene, you know, almost uh, where you have a lot of marketability and, you know, these things. And uh, I don't know, the way I approached it and the way that I've always approached it was to simply the people that would walk into the gym, the people that found us, I would make sure that I would take care of those people as much as possible and not really think about say the engagement from the outside. So what would happen is, is you would just get a group of people that were in there that really liked their experience. And then it would grow from the inside out rather than organically out to go in. Because for example, like Barbell Brigade has a massive garnering of you know people that go visit like oh i want to see this guy this star this guy blah 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 blah. it's like yeah sure i mean like i totally get it um but the operation that i was trying to start from the very beginning was was never really quite designed to be that way it was it was more like if you go to the gym you know you're going to get assistance or you if you go to the gym you know you're going to get competitive level advice if you go to the gym you know you're going to get good equipment if you know you go like basically it's it's more of the i go there to train and like most of the people that go there they know that they're there to train and they know that they're there to get better like immediately like they're serious about it you know it it almost attracts like that kind of person like we're gonna have fun obviously too but it's like you can tell it's it's kind of attracted more uh what we'd say more serious athletes because of kind of like what the environment kind of dictates. Whereas at Barbell Brigade, you're going to get a bunch of people that are all in their notorious lifts and are hey. still within their first year of powerlifting. <laughs> you mean their house shoes? <laughs> yeah. Whoa, 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 so whoa. It just depends. Like, <laughs> I love my house shoes. Peace or Asian community. We're, we're not going to have any Asian listeners anymore. Wait, what? <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! No, no. We just, we just lost from? the me, notorious lift clock crew. Let me stop you there. I'm going to pull them back in, all right? Don't worry. I'm pull them back in. I'm a, Look, I, if I wanted to we pay... have to pull them back oh, yeah. in. Notorious <laughs> lift shoes are, are a quality shoe. Yeah, if I wanted to pay $50 for river shoes, then yes. I would... Uh... Hey, you can deadlift in them, and if you really need to, you can go whitewater rafting. They both do the same thing. <laughs> there you go. There's our sponsorship. <laughs> it's, we can just send that to... Best river lift. rafting shoe ever. So, so it sounds like uh, that 
David doesn't want to sell his soul essentially to the to the clout gods. I think what it comes down to, like with sponsorships and like with like how David like advertises his his gym, like it comes down to value. Like if your if your value on Instagram is just like like just like a fit chick, like just like taking selfies, like that's the only value. And like if your only value is you just go and lift heavy, um, like that that kind of limits like how like your your reach. But if you have someone like we talked about Jason, Jason, Mike. Mike, Jason, Mike. Jason, Mike, where he can, on that name. yeah, where he can like cook, he can dunk, he can bench, bench 600 plus pounds. He can just like, he can do anything. Like there is a lot more reach is more value. Uh, people seeing like that, in that sponsorship and like the same with the gym. Like you go to, uh, you go to pod, you have, you have Leco equipment, you have ER racks, you have, you have equipment that, you don't have anywhere else because I don't know any gyms. You have Anas. You have me. You have David. You yeah, have yeah. you have yeah. the environment. Anas is the best yeah. piece of equipment. You, you have, have you have Carlos in the bathroom changing oil. Oh, yeah. change, change oil. Change oil. Hey, can you give us some? Can you give us some context on that story, David? Because because Anas. Huh? Oh, on oh, he, on which one? The Carlos changing oil in the bathroom because he gave us his take. Let's hear. It. Wait, changing yeah. oil in the bathroom? I don't, yeah. I don't think David yeah. knows. Like you, you know how how Carlos just like goes like he comes in and like he goes in the bathroom and he stays there for like legit forty minutes. Mm. So we were like, like mm. what 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 the hell is he doing? Like he just came back came back from work. <laughs> we were like, yeah, like he probably like is changing oil in the bathroom. Like he's taking so long. Man, I just had the impression that he was just he's blowing it up in there. Yeah, well, he would blow it up and then like since. <laughs> He didn't have like an air freshener, and since when you have the uh-huh. light on, there's like a fan that kind of sucks the air out. <laughs> I figured he was just staying in there until the like smell like they was just like dang it. They was like, oh man, Carlos, dang it. You know, maybe take some like uh, selfies while he's at it. You should, you should. I'm gonna help you install a window in there so that you can keep an eye on him. <laughs> it's kind of weird. So we actually have like no insulation in the gym but in the bathroom we have insulation it's perfect like we have yeah. those uh panels up above yeah and it's like keeps the smelling yeah keep us smelling <laughs> yeah exactly they effectively oh, keep everything in in uh, just in the bathroom though you know what though uh before i forget i <laughs> i my favorite i wanted to say that like pod has a near perfect google review like 4.9 and my favorite every every single review is either a five or a four except for one yeah for one. No, uh, and i want to read you this oh. i want to read you this this review I hear this okay review. it's so funny so <laughs> and this was from this year a month ago david greenfield left a, a one-star review on the progressive overload dallas page and he wrote i have never been to this business (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing david david greenfield gave you a one-star review and has never been there before you know what at least he's honest at least he's honest (laughs) so maybe he doesn't like the name of the place i don't know just that's what it is i don't know what it is i've never been there but i hate it (laughs) it's it's like those people like like some people like you tell them like hey do you want to try this food 
He's like, no, I don't like this. I'm like, have you ever tried it? He's like, no, but I don't no. like it. I'm like, well, how do you like? How do you know? Like, how do you know? It tastes bad, but you've never bad. had it. Okay. No, Probably. I just, I just hate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, there was this other review. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where it was. I, I forgot what the rating was, but I remember seeing it and, and then laughing pretty hard. It was, yeah, pretty much the guy was like, uh, I don't like that the plates are all colored and yeah. they, I, I can't remember what exactly he said. He said, he said the plates are all different colors and the numbers don't match how much they actually weigh or something. <laughs> and like, whoops, it, it was, I was like, wait a minute. Like, he didn't convert the kilos, so he saw fifty. <laughs> he saw twenty five, and he thought it was twenty five pounds. Probably. Um, yeah, you know, we, was, we've been. Was that the one that enough. Gabby responded to? Yeah, I, I think so. But I mean, we've been fortunate enough as a business. You know, um, we we have you know our windows tinted and everything, and we keep everything kind of more low profile, like kind of like if you didn't know about the gym, you probably wouldn't be showing up, I guess, walk-in wise. Like usually most of our people that come in, they're like, yeah, this is progressive. I compete in the USAPL or I do this and I, and I, I need a gym for this weekend. I'm from California. I'm from North Dakota. I'm from wherever, you know, Ohio and I'm visiting, you know, I, it's like we don't we rarely get people that are like I looked you up on Google and I found you on Google, you know? Like it's very rare that that we get those people. There's not as many general people that that tend to walk in. But it creates like I said like you know an environment where most of the people are extremely nice but they're also pretty driven to what they're doing um and Man, I, I sometimes I miss you know UTD gym or sometimes I miss some of these LA fitnesses, but really, you know, like the uh, casual, yeah, casual. Sometimes I do, man. Um, it's oh, it's is that because wild. people? Is it because they recognize you and like because you? It's hard for you to get a training session in without people kind of wanting to come up and get and pick your brain. Kind of, um, you know, I don't really mind that. I've gotten extremely used to that, but. Um, people were always just more curious about what you were doing or what you were about. Whereas when you're at pod, everybody knows what you're about. Everybody knows who you are. Uh, You're just doing your thing. What I'm saying is your opportunity to assist people, like people that are first getting into it or people that are like really, really, really impressionable. Like you can Mm -hmm. really, really help them out a lot. There's not as many of those people at pod. Those yeah, pe- people, people go to pod, at pod for are purpose. already, yes, they're already, de- you know, defining their purpose and defining what they're going to do. They're already there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, for example, at UTD, I was able to reach so many people that were like, you know, kind of lukewarm, kind of like sort of getting into the fitness thing. And, and they end up picking powerlifting because they saw me lifting and they really, really wanted to do it because I helped them. And it's oh, like, well, why don't you just get an, they a gym, another gym membership? Well, that's what initially kind of got me into the whole, I really like, you know, this thing, um, you know? And so again, it, it's impossible to have an elite training facility and have general people at the same time when the business isn't very super large, if that makes sense. Like the space yeah. 
there's only so much space that you can allow for because the way you get general people is by getting general equipment. Mm-hmm. Like it, mm-hmm. it's just very clear to me. If you don't have machines and you don't have treadmills and you don't have those kind of things, you're not going to attract very general people. Yeah. Um, and that's like just go to an a lot of space. Yeah. So it's just like, it's kind of like, that's why we have what we have at our gym is because we can actually have, get memberships based on people looking for a specific thing. Otherwise yeah. the business can't exist. Like it, the, the model doesn't work. Um, you can provide as much value as you want at an LA fitness or at a anywhere. But as far as like actual business things, like your stuff has to be pretty set in stone as far as like, you know, kind of what kind of value you, you plan on offering because you're not going to beat the big businesses. Like there's no way. Um, so I have to find a way to essentially still help people while still holding a high level facility while still like like i said being able to reach out in general so it's like yeah it's a balance while still being able to like even stay alive as a business so so uh, does that uh does that like ever weigh on you not being able to experience the the casual gym goer you know coming up to you and saying like hey like i've never seen someone doing what you've done before like can i you know can you, can yeah, you show or, me the ropes or are you observing this um really i've come to realize that i i can't do much about it you know mm-hmm. because um what what ha- what would happen is is like the reason why i don't go to a lot of commercial gyms anymore is because i just don't have good sessions there like i don't have good training sessions there um and i was like man i have to like still do my stuff while still being able to help others at the same time, you know? Yeah. And so I ended up, you know, kind of having to sacrifice a little bit based upon that because like there, there wasn't like, it's like I started, like I did half and half at a, at a period of time. Like I would go, you know, do my stuff later after staying at the other gym to help out for a few hours. Like I would do half and half. And then I eventually, like had to just do everything at the other gym because I just couldn't get, couldn't get anything done, you know? Um, and, you know, obviously equipment plays a factor, obviously like there's a lot of things that played into like me ending up having to just stick to an actual good training facility to, to get my stuff done. Um, but I had to kind of realize that I can do as much as I can do just within the space that I'm in. I can't really, I don't have enough time or and or the resources to be able to just say, for example, train for this amount of time and then go to this other place for two or three hours or, you know, things like that. And um, UTD, you know, I, I helped start the UTD uh, powerlifting club, you know, a while back. I think it was like 2015. Um, and that whole thing, you know, after it was founded and everything, I couldn't really be as much of a presence in that after, after starting the business. So they started hosting their practices. I started going once a week just to like hang out, help do things like that and uh, just do what I could. But there was no way that I could just train and do that at the same time anymore. So, so it doesn't weigh on me is what I'm saying uh, by any means whatsoever. Um, most of the time, whenever something weighs on me, I, I 
me personally, I typically have to figure out how to, um, I'll, I'll figure out a way to actually deal with it so that I don't have to, so that it doesn't feel like it's actually weighing on me. I don't, that's I kind don't of like symbolic pain. because when something weighs yeah. on you in the gym, you lift it. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> right, yeah. That was, a, right, that was a cool joke, Abe. That was like, he can, he can cut that out of the podcast. You can, edit all right, that I'm going to go lay down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, lay I, down hear, I hear what you're saying. Take your pants off. Uh, oh, I mean, oh, wait, oh, hold oh, on. Are you, are you still here? We're Enough, sponsored by Levi's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was smooth. That's not, that was a good ad read. Um, yeah. So uh, since you are a gym goer at, at pod i am a gym goer yes you're a, and you're a you might you might as well be on the staff mm-hmm. um with as many people as you train there mm-hmm. uh what is your what's your impression of like going like, to a commercial pod gym compared versus... to other gyms yeah, yeah yeah compared to like a commercial gym experience like is there a lot of what david talked about yeah i mean for me personally like i kind of i think like i would i would like to go to like a different gym like where like i don't have to talk to a lot of people like for Where me, no one knows you. Yeah, because like for me at least, like I can't, like I'm a little introverted, so I can't. I don't have as much energy to talk to everyone, like for six hours a day. Like I get super drained. So it's, it's I think it will be nice sometimes to kind of go to go somewhere else, just do your training, and just go home. Like once a once month, in a while. yeah, once in a while, like that. I need some space or need to kind of chill out a little bit, and not talk too much. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think it's just. Yeah, I agree with like the same. Like, I agree. I agree with David. Have y'all seen that? Like, uh, people like Sefi Cohen, or like Bar from Barbell Brigade, or just a lot of these like well-known um, athletes with gyms. They often don't train at their own gym, maybe because of what y'all are describing. But they have like their own facility at yeah. home, or they just have like equipment. They train at home. At home. <laughs> it's yeah. a very common thing that owners of businesses do not stay inside of their business. Um, I've definitely noticed this in a lot of gyms and the only one exception that I've actually seen, obviously I think it's positive if the owner is there is Metroflex Fort Worth. Stop it. I knew you were going to say I it. Is it because Metroflex Randy lives there? Worth. Yeah. I think that Randy being there half, like, I think that's amazing. Like I actually really like that he's inside of his facility and, and, um, it also helped me to realize that if I was to actually grow a facility or, and, or have a facility that I, I knew I would have to be putting in quite a bit of hours into it. Um, I liked the vibe that Metroflex had, like, it was like a very, it, it was so odd. Like it was like a super hardcore place. So like, you'd be expecting all this, like these, like, dark like oh well hardcore hardcore vibes but then you got rendy and he's joking around with everybody and freaking mm-hmm. hugging you like your tiny person because you're tiny tim because he's so big and then like <laughs> and it's like yeah. that vibe is like just great i don't know like it, it makes it feel so much better yeah, yeah. And- i gotta say though man honestly i feel like if we all went back to metro today we wouldn't have it would the vibe would be there but it'd be a different vibe i just feel like when we were there like Mm. it was at a point in time where 
that was that was our vibe like that was something that we created or that was maybe right. it, it morphed into something that we were a part of at that point and it's kind of like when you graduate from high school and you have all these fond memories and you try to go back and you visit your teachers or whatever and, and it's, it's not, not quite, quite the same because you're bigger yeah. now and you're a little older and people there maybe that's their vibe now so like they've kind of established their own roots and right. so that's the thing that's kind of what I mentioned about like the, the good old days are maybe just like lightning can't strike twice necessarily um, with it being us going and having the same because now we're older. We have, we have responsibilities. I mean, heck, if we all went to Metro today, we'd not only have different schedules and different, you know, just responsibilities like we were just at, at the perfect time. We were like all in kind of in yeah, college, I mean, just having all well, this free time. That- well, now that you bring that up, it really, it actually makes some sense. So when I was at UTD gym and at Metro, that vibe that you were talking about, it, it resonated so much to me that the thing is like the, the way I wanted the gym originally to be was like the same thing that that was just for other people. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. I wanted to create that vibe um, because I wanted a facility that it's almost like I wanted to keep that feel good alive, you know? Oh, yeah. Cause I think, I think that's what happened was like, I almost wanted to run away from like big boy responsibilities almost like back then. Like I was like, man, I'm getting older. Everybody's about to get a job. I was like, what is the best way to get away from all that? You know? It was almost like I was running away from, you know, what I thought I had to do. <laughs> you so make, you make, sound, you make opening a gym a sound easy, land. though. <laughs> I ended up creating a dreamland to continue the whole, the whole charade. <laughs> because every that, night that, that I go to pod is like literally that same dreamland over again. Like I'm at the, I'm at the gym again. I'm at Metro again. I'm, I'm around these people, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. a, it's a weird thing. Yeah. To, you well, know, you're, to, you're recreating that for other people. Though. Yeah. It, it's kind of like the notion, like, you know, when you start something, you know, when you're kind of young and you're, you're like, oh, I wish I could do this for forever. That's part one of this two-part series where we talk with David. If you want to hear more, tune in next week wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at ChalkMyBack. See y'all next week.